right, so driving and talking. That's a good combination, right? For some people it is. For people like me that just can't stop talking, this is actually a really good, uh, really good compromise. As uh, it's kind of occurred to me over time that you can actually spend, I mean, what's most people's average drive home? Like 30 minutes? For some people it's over an hour. So that's uh, that's a little rough if you can't uh, if you if you can't stop talking and you just have to dedicate your time to just silence or talk radio or podcasts or something of that nature. So it's kind of nice, you know, for me to be able to just kind of get on here and talk uh, without having to uh, you know drive down to the podcast studio. Or, anything like that so if anybody actually cares what's going on with me or wants to hear uh, wants to basically listen to me talk about whatever pops into my brain on the drive home then you've uh, you've definitely come to the right place uh, for anybody that doesn't know me I am one of the hosts for the discography discussion podcast and that's typically I mean that's my main that's my main bread and butter as far as uh, as far as audio stuff goes. But uh, I just thought that this would be kind of a fun little experiment and see uh, see if anybody uh, if anybody likes it or anybody relates. And I'm um, recording this on an iPhone with a Bluetooth headset, so if the audio quality sounds bad, uh, I very much apologize. Uh, I'm not recording in a nice in a nice silent area with a spit guard into a high quality microphone like normal so <laughs> this is uh this is kind of my compromise but i've been thinking a lot this week about how weird things have gotten uh with the podcast you know we started back in january doing this uh discography discussion podcast and uh you know it's been a lot of work but uh i love listening to music so for the most part it doesn't feel like work uh, I think I think the first time it really started feeling like work, I guess probably was yesterday. Uh, we ended up doing a podcast with uh, Andrew Schwab from Project 86. Uh, and we talked about the Mars Volta. And it had been kind of a long time since I listened to that band. And uh, it was uh, a little out of my wheelhouse musically. Um, yeah, I mean, I like crazy progressive stuff like that. But this was... Uh, having to listen to six albums of it <laughs> basically in a day and trying to find some digestible format but luckily uh luckily andrew knew a whole lot more than i did uh, about the band so he kept that podcast pretty uh pretty interesting um, we should have that out soon enough i think but yeah that's that was the crazy thing about that uh about that band is like i've kind of ha had this weird relationship with progressive bands as a fan because like I think some people listen to progressive music because they feel like it's a reflection on them like oh well I don't listen to Metallica or Megadeth that's all simple stuff I just listen to progressive things stuff that expands my mind and uh so it's it's kind of interesting to me that that uh you know when you listen to super progressive or for lack of a better term douchey music like that i think it's easy to fall into this hole it's more 
it's less about your enjoyment of the music and it's more about you. You know, like, look at how smart I am. Look at how well I'm able to comprehend what I'm hearing. And so I think it's, I think it's through that that kind of the whole progressive tag gets thrown onto a lot of stuff that's not really, um, not really that progressive. I mean, like, what really is progressive? You know, is it is it just stuff that's kind of out of the norm? Because I think sometimes, you know, somebody's like, okay, so I'm playing in this metal band, but you know, we have uh, we have long melodic passages in some of our songs that make our songs like you know, ten minutes long. Like, does that make you progressive, or does it just mean that you have an ear for melody? You know, um, so it's just it's just interesting to hear that tag being thrown on everything because. To me, I just don't, I guess I just don't care enough. Like, I mean, I like, I like progressive bands. I mean, I listen to stuff like Opeth and um, pretty soon, uh, gearing up for this month, we're going to do a full Dream Theater discography discussion and that, uh, that's going to require a lot <laughs> of, uh, of listening carefully and, and trying to pick up the nuances of the music. And, uh, you know, so like, it's not that I hate progressive stuff. It's just, it's just funny that so many people throw that term onto almost all the music that they listen to because, you know, nobody nobody wants to be categorized as you know like a basic music fan. Like, oh, I just, you know, <laughs> I just like the basic stuff. You know, you know, three choruses, two verses, a bridge. You know, whatever. Um, but I'll tell you what, I think it's, it's for me, it's just enjoying the music. I either, I either like the band or I don't. And I don't really sit there and try to, try to pinpoint exactly, you know, like, how progressive is this? Is this pushing a musical boundary? Am I not allowed to listen to it if it's not pushing a musical boundary? <laughs> um, it's just funny with it being such a huge industry that there's so much, like, so much of ourselves we attach to our music, you know? Um, some guys listen to heavy music because you know they, it makes them feel powerful or you know gives them gives them more self confidence. Maybe they're just tough guys and they just want to show how tough they are, and that's that's the only thing that does it for them. Uh, I, I think for me it's just it's extremity. I like I like extremity in music, whether that be extreme heaviness or extreme emotion or you know maybe just extreme technicality. You know. Um, but it's so much. It's so funny how much of that we attach to ourselves. You know, our music becomes a reflection of us. And so it's funny. It's funny to me to hear people act like, you know, oh yeah, we're uh, we're super super progressive. <laughs> and it's like, are you progressive, or like, do you think that you're a progressive person because of all the like quote unquote progressive music you listen to? It's just a. Uh, it's just that's always really fascinating me. But, uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe give me a few more years as a music fan, I may be the same way, but for right now, it's really just, uh, do I like this, do I don't like it? Which is why, um, you know, doing a, doing a predominantly metal podcast has been a little bit of a challenge. I mean, I remember when Andrew first told me he wanted to talk about the Mars Volta, the first thing I thought is, you know, oh, well, that's not metal, man, we, uh, we're uh, we're discussmetal.com, you know, like, but at the same time, you know, we've talked about stuff like corn and um, 
and stuff that, that or atom ship, you know, stuff that may not necessarily fall under the category of metal. And, uh, but I think that's okay. You know, I think, you know, I'm not really out there to please anybody as far as like trying to stay true to my metal street cred or whatever that is, you know? Uh, so, you know, sometimes we, we want to talk about, you know, napalm death and other times, you know, we want to talk about, you know, dream theater or, you know, shoot. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's going to be a week where I'm like, dude, you know what? I think we should talk about Nirvana this week or, you know, something, uh, something that we all really enjoy. And I never, I never want, I never want Joe or Jeff to feel like they can't suggest something, you know, and especially since we've started in, started actually inviting people onto our show to do the discussions with us. You know, I'm not going to tell somebody that I have immense respect for that, hey, I, I know you wanted to talk about this, but they're not they're not the kind of bands that we talk about, so you can't do it. You know, it's, that's a good way to not ever have guests on your show. <laughs> and um, you also have to kind of appeal to the fact that the listener may not necessarily be, you know, Mr. Underground Metal fan. He may not, you know, he or she may not, you know always be into the bands that we talk about so like i think i think having that variety is is really important and uh you know maybe maybe our focus is more to kind of get people to decide whether they like something or don't like it and it just be that it not be a uh, a weird thing where we're trying to put all these labels on it or trying to say that you know your your ex kind of person if you listen to these bands or you know if you listen to this, you really can't listen to that, or you can't be caught dead listening to that. I mean, I listen to a lot of, like, uh, a, a lot of, like, emo and stuff, and st stuff that most people that listen to metal kind of, kind of give me a funny look for. <laughs> but, uh, but I definitely like that variety, and, and I'm excited about it. And can't wait to see what happens in the future. And, uh, full disclosure, this little podcast that I'm doing on the side here isn't, uh, isn't going to be representative of everything that I do on the side here. I, mean, a, I think there's going to be some of these where I'm not even talking about music, so if, uh, if that's your bag, that's your bag. Um, I'll be talking probably a lot about music and video games and, like, movies and how I like to collect cassette tapes and, uh, even really crazy stuff, too, like ghost towns. Like, I'm, like, really obsessed with ghost towns. Uh, whenever we drove to the uh, Rock and Pod Expo uh, over this weekend, we, we drove from St. Louis to Nashville, and uh, we drove through a ghost town uh, called Cairo, Illinois. Which it's not a completely abandoned ghost town; like people, people still live there, but it's it is still considered a ghost town in the sense that it used to have a much higher population than what it has now. And what's actually interesting about that is in the book uh, Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Uh, Cairo, Illinois is like considered to be like this, uh, this really big city, like this, uh, destiny, this big destination. And so it was funny when we drove through it, uh, we drove through it this weekend and, you know, just seemed really, really worn down. And what was funny about it too, is that as we were driving through, I, I wasn't really even thinking about the fact that we were in Cairo. I think uh, I think Jeff at one point said, "Oh, hey, I got to stop and use the bathroom." And I was like, "Oh, you know, we're coming up to a town, so 
is, you know, there'll probably be a gas station there or something for you to use the bathroom at. And uh, it actually turned out that uh, no, there really wasn't. There, there was not a lot going on in Cairo. Um, I think we saw like one person walking on the side of the road. I remember looking out the windows thinking, man, that, that house looks really run down. It's almost like nobody lives there. You know, the next one's the same way and the next one's the same way. Uh, I think I think it really kind of occurred to me like, oh, holy shit, I'm driving through a ghost town because uh, I looked over and I saw this motel and uh, all the doors were like forced open. It was like one of those old like, it must have been built in like the 1960s or 1970s and all the doors were like broke open and uh, there was like all this overgrowth, like the, there's there was a lot of like grass and stuff like growing like through the cracks and like little trees and stuff and just bushes and weeds and stuff were like all in the doorways. And I think at one point I saw like a dog like walking in and out of the these like dark rooms and they were like just like really ominous and really scary looking and uh, and I just thought that that was really cool. So on the way back, I was actually really, really stoked that we were driving through Cairo <laughs> uh, because uh, again, I got to see all that stuff again. And of course, you know, I went home and, and read up all read up about it and um, just got really excited about it so um, yeah definitely cool check out check out the history of Cairo I was really surprised to see that uh, in the 1950s 1960s that there were actual like race wars that, that took place in Cairo and um, it's kind of kind of weird looking at that you know because it's you know you read it and you can't believe that like people were you know in the in the 50s and 60s you know that's relatively recent history you know you, you think like wow it's crazy that people were like that that up in arms about race you know still you know like it was it was kind of shocking to me to see that but then you know it also was eerily eerily familiar you know to the things that are going on in the news now and, uh, it's just kind of sad to see that, that as a society we haven't moved on from that yet but uh, yeah, that's that, that's my thing about ghost towns. So like, I like to know why they were abandoned. I like to know, you know, what the actual story is behind all of that. And uh, I thought that that was just kind of a really, really, really neat thing to see. Um, but yeah, so if I ever go through another ghost town, you'll get another uh, <laughs> you get another 10 minute thing from me about it. So. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm uh, I'm pulling up to my house now and excited to get in and talk to my kids and wife and everything. So um, I will talk to all you guys later.